Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. everyone you're tuned into today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Alexandra Fernandez. I hope you're all having a lovely day. The weather is absolutely beautiful today. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, the grass is growing I suppose and it is just beautiful out there. Today we had a high of 26 degrees with a low of 13 um, and you know what it's just gonna keep on being this beautiful sunny weather. Tomorrow Actually, starting tonight, we are expecting thunderstorms. Tomorrow, a lot of thunderstorms and rain. So be sure to stay safe while you're out there. Um, Maybe try not to be out there if you can, because it is going to come down, supposedly. But, you know, sometimes the weather is unpredictable. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, stay safe. Today, we have an exciting interview. As you know, Kingston Pride is happening this weekend, which is very exciting because it is Kingston Pride. Or not only because it's Kingston Pride, but because the festival is taking place in person like usual um, this weekend. Last year, Kingston Pride took place during September because COVID was kind of being absolutely crazy last summer in June. But now we have Kingston Pride Week, which is this week, and it has been amazing so far. And we have awesome programming coming up this weekend, additionally with SPAF, the Skeleton Park Arts Festival, also happening from Friday to Sunday. So there is just so much to talk about, and I'm very excited. We are actually going to throw it over to our broadcast journalist, Kareem Mosna. He had the opportunity to speak with Mark Richardson, the communications officer at the Kingston Pride Board about Kingston Pride, about the festival, the parade and everything going on and what the organization has been up to during COVID as well. So let's turn it over to Kareem and Mark on CFRC 101.9 FM. You're listening to today in YGK. This is a big year. Uh, You know, with the last couple years, uh, things had to be modified, uh, virtual events. I know last year it got pushed, I believe, till September with and even then, there were a lot of restrictions, uh, but this time, uh, first entirely in-person event since 2019. How how was that feeling to uh, be able to say that? It's, I mean, it's a bit of a relief. I think uh, being, you know, so 2020, we had to basically move the entire thing online. 2021, we like you say, we had to reschedule to September, although it had some benefits being in September, but just to accommodate uh, the vaccination requirements and and uh, give everybody a chance to maybe get vaccinated as well as understand what the COVID level was doing in the community. So yeah, coming up into 2021, you know, we were fingers crossed from the get-go that this would be the year that we could really come back in person, um, have the opportunity to come together, find that community again, make those connections again, and really celebrate um, our identities in, in public and in open air and closed air alike with no masks and no vaccinations required. So it's, uh, it's I mean, it's a long time coming and we're really, really excited for it. And I mean, community, that is such an integral part of Pride Week. 
definitely. I mean, that is, I think, the main the main kind of focus for Pride. It's an opportunity for us to come together, to be a community, to um, kind of embrace our own identities and to show the world in Kingston that uh, we are here, we're queer, and uh, please, uh, please let us be. <laughs> um. I also understand, you know, a big part about Pride is um, the idea of, of inclusivity, accessibility, safe spaces. Can you talk a bit more about that? Sure. Um, well, certainly Kingston Pride is always, you know, reaching out to the community and understanding, you know, what our community wants and what's important to them and what it means to have a space that is safe, um, safe, uh, Kings, like Pride, in, necessarily has a history of um, kind of pushing back against what are not safe spaces. Um, 30 plus years ago here in Kingston, when the first gay kind of gay celebration day was trying to be organized, the city wouldn't even allow uh, an official kind of recognition of that day. And so it's always been a process of, of you know, doing education, doing outreach, trying to essentially change the world 1% at a time so that you know we continue to feel safe. And more than ever, well, things are changing again. I think where a lot of people are starting to not feel as safe. And so again, pride is really important in, in coming together as a community and making those spaces where we feel safe, where the community as a whole feels safe. Um, absolutely, um, to have all members of our community participate and participate equitably, we need to encourage spaces where uh, things are fully accessible for all different barriers that exist um, for, for people. You mentioned that you feel that uh, lately maybe there is a sense of, of, of not feeling safe. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Uh, I don't want to get too political, but um, I see a lot of progress that has happened in the last decade starting to maybe erode away. Um, particularly south of the border, um, a lot of uh, anti-trans activism going on there, um, where people, particularly transgender people, are not feeling safe. You know, with with the progress of like same-sex marriage and um, and transgender rights, always comes kind of those advocates against those those expansions of equal rights to all. And so often I'm seeing, like I woke up today to somebody in the media down in I think Texas, you know who is saying that we should be lining up everybody that's gay and shooting them, we shouldn't be um, shooting them in the back and make sure they're, they're nice and dead, um, rather than celebrating them walking down a street holding hands with the person they love. Um, and maybe those voices have always been there, but it does seem to be getting louder. Um, and then with, again, some of the things that have happened it is easy, I think, for me to look south of the border, but particularly with like the Supreme Court legalized in the U.S. legalizing same-sex marriage, um, and now we see other rights maybe being removed from the Supreme Court. It's very easy to think that those kind of accepted rights um, are going to go away, and then it's not hard to think too that that same sentiment could move north of the border. That what would it really take for, for some of these, um, some of the rights that we've you know, fought for and earned now over 20 years here in Canada, um, in some places at least, um, could start slipping away as well. And um, yeah, so it's something always to be aware of that we can't take for granted that we're just naturally accepted everywhere we still have to fight and still come together, find that community and be advocates for our own rights and our own safety. 
returning to uh, to our area to Pride Week, um, of course, already some events have already happened. There's more to come. Would you say there are some overarching themes uh, with regards to to what's happening this week? Yeah, I mean, on the board we did talk. Like, do we want some official theme for this Pride? And I think. Uh, the, be- the closest we got was maybe back together again, but that, that was indeed the Pride theme last September too. So I don't know if there's any overarching theme um, beyond the fact that it's just Pride and it's just so exciting to come back, um, really come back together and have no restrictions, no space constraints so that we can have a, a proper celebration. There's a variety of different events um, there to do with um, Kingston Pride this year. You're having the the, the free movie night uh, with Rocket Man. I see you have a game night coming up. Also, also some events as part of Skeleton Park Arts Fest. That's right. We are supporting uh, at least one of the well. That's right. We are supporting one of the performers at the Skeleton Park Arts Fest. That's Joyful Joyful um, Skeleton. That that performance in particular will be happening on the Saturday. And so we have a full Saturday, June 18th, and we have a full day lined up for there. So both happening with the parade, with the the community fair at Confederation Basin, but then also the Skeleton Park Art Fest. Um, We are, again, partnering with them. We've had uh, a pride, uh, a pride kind of write up that I I drafted um, for the Skeleton Press. Um, just really working with those community partners. And unlike a lot of past years, there's a lot happening kind of beyond Pride this year um, on this weekend. And so what we've needed to do is really communicate with those partners and find opportunities to come together and work together. And that's exactly what we did with Skeleton Park Arts Fest. Uh, A major event is the Pride Parade happening this Saturday from 11 till noon, uh, starting basically from Skeleton Park, coming down Princess all the way uh, to City Hall. Uh, what, what can people expect f- from this parade if they haven't uh, have, haven't seen it before? Well, if they haven't seen it before, then they won't know what happened last year. <laughs> so, but the important thing is this year, indeed, we are coming down Princess Street. So we are looking forward to, you know, thousands of people lined up along the street to support us marching um, down uh, Princess Street. And what they're going to see is a number of different community groups, um, different advocacy uh, work that's happening here in Kingston, really coming out and representing themselves, their work, and, and how much they embrace, um, particularly their queer employees or the, the different queer uh movements or or activities that are happening here in the community. And so people like to do that and display that in different ways. Um, So I think it's really going to be a great, um, a great, a great party, a great show of pride. Um, And uh, I I don't want to like say what you're going to see. I don't want to spoil anything, but you're going to see a variety of fun, fun displays of of people, things, floats, etc. And um, I hope everybody's able to line up on Princess Street and cheer us on. Uh, will there be some road closures in with the parade? Yeah, so we'll be coming down clergy and then going down princess. And I believe those are the only road closures. The pride parade will march right into Confederation Basin where the community fair is happening. Um, and so this should be fairly limited. And I think they'll they'll just close the close the roads down as we come and they'll open them back up behind us. So I hope we don't impact too many commutes, but um, I think it's well worth it. And there are also some uh exclusive events that uh, that there is there is some some purchase required as well yeah particularly the um out on the queen boat cruise that's happening saturday night my understanding is it just sold out yesterday so uh to those listeners that still want to attend maybe just keep an eye out and maybe some people will cancel their tickets but right now i think it is sold out um but that is almost the exclusive um 
uh, ticket required uh, event, everything else is kind of open or at least at the first come first served. You mentioned the games night. We've heard from a lot of the community that is an event they really want. And, uh, and we expect, so we, we actually have two venues to help uh, uh, facilitate or, or to help accommodate the number of people that we expect, both at Nexus downtown, as well as a second event held in the West End at um, Impossible Escapes, their Wonderland Emporium. Um, so we'll have both of those sites and we they will be on a first come first serve basis. And so I think we will fill up fairly quickly. People are known for sitting down and having a very quick board game. So I think they will sit for a while. And so it might, you know, it might be important for people to come a bit early if they really want to come and be part of those events. Like you say, the movies, movie in the square, the parade, to come watch the parade or to come check out the community fair, all those things are not, not no tickets are required. The one other thing that comes to mind um, is there's a, a drag brunch that's happening on Sunday. One other thing that will be ticketed is the Pride Hangover Brunch. If you've had all the fun that you can have on Saturday, but you still want some more on uh, Sunday, it is at the Wharf and Feather. And that is another ticketed event just because of that limited space for brunch and whatnot. But basically everything else is just open, come um, as long as there's capacity left and you can come in and join the party. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining Kareem on CFRC 101.9 FM. It was amazing to hear you chat about Kingston Pride, and I'm very much looking forward to it. We also have the Skeleton Park Arts Festival coming up this weekend. CFRC will be at SPAF, and we will potentially also be at Kingston Pride. So come and say hi to us if you see us on the street. We would love to chat with you, maybe have you on air for doing some live broadcasting. Who knows? Who knows? Just a little sneak peek at what's going on this weekend. So talking a little bit more about um, things going on in Kingston, let's jump to some news updates. As of June 15th, seasonal watering restrictions are in effect. Until September 15th, residents and businesses with odd-numbered civic addresses may water on odd-numbered days, while evens may water on even-numbered days. So the City of Kingston's water bylaw allows residents and businesses to use a handheld hose, can, or bucket at any time on their scheduled day, to use a sprinkler between 5 a.m. and 10 a.m. on their scheduled day and to use water from their rain barrel any time. Kingston Fire and Rescue Fire Chief Sean Armstrong says abiding by watering restrictions is an important community effort that helps ensure adequate supply for fire protection and we thank you. Waste and water treatment infrastructure is built to handle peak demand times. During the summer, we use the most treated water from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., which is why we want to not use water when we water our gardens and whatnot um, during those times. Um, Heather Roberts, the director of water and wastewater services for Utilities Kingston, says that reducing the use of treated water during times when the demand is highest helps ensure reliable supply for adequate water reserves and pressure and fire protection. It also helps manage the need to expand water treatment infrastructure. Reducing outdoor water use also reduces the pollutants that end up in the lake. This is because much of the water from sprinklers and hoses, such as from washing cars, runs off into the storm sewer, picking up pollutants that end up in Lake Ontario, which is Kingston's source of drinking water. Residents and businesses are encouraged to practice water-wise gardening to make every raindrop count, using a rain barrel, following best watering practices, amending soil with organic content, and incorporating drought-tolerant plants are just some of the 
sustainable practices that help reduce treated water use and of course all come with beautiful results. For inspiration and information you can take a free guided tour of the utilities Kingston Water Conservation Garden located at 1211 John Counter Boulevard or you can check out their online resources at utilitieskingston.com slash conservation garden. Utilities Kingston's conservation team is here to help. You can also call them at 613-546-0000, press 2 for Utilities Kingston, and then press 4 for conservation. Sometimes new yards, shrubs, and trees need water at times outside the schedule, and that is also why Utilities Kingston offers you exemption permits, which you can apply for online. Just go to utilitieskingston.com to learn more about exemption permits, how to save water and money, and when you can use outdoor treated water. The web resource is complete with a dynamic indicator that explains when residents and businesses can use hoses versus sprinkling devices, as as well as many resources on water-wise gardening. The City of Kingston has reached the final stage of waste strategies engagement and is seeking community feedback on the remaining three methods that will help Kingston achieve 65% waste diversion by 2025. Residents are invited to complete a brief survey to rank three waste strategies which will help inform how waste is collected in Kingston. Adam Mueller, solid waste supervisor at the City of Kingston, says, By giving your input on the three strategies for waste collection, you will help reduce and divert waste from the landfill which will have a positive and lasting impact on our environment for generations. The three options being put forward include option one, which is a bi-weekly collection of clear bag waste, option two, which is a bi-weekly waste collection and increased bag tag fees, or option three, a weekly collection of clear bags. The waste strategies engagement was undertaken to identify new strategies to divert more organics, recyclables, yard waste, and other items from garbage cans and landfill. When these items go to landfill, they emit harmful greenhouse gas emissions, a leading cause of climate change. So we want to, of course, reduce that. So over the course of the multi-step waste strategies engagement, city staff connected with residents in person, online, through facilitated focus groups and open houses. You can read the report that captured engagement feedback and findings from previous phases of this project at cityofkingston.com slash get involved. In this report, you will also find a detailed explanation of why certain options are not included in this survey. You can complete the survey online and have a say in how your waste is collected. The survey does close on June 26th, so make sure to do that. Um, Again, you can go to um, getinvolved.cityofkingston.ca, actually. That is the website you can go to um, for the survey. You can phone 613-546-0000 to complete the survey with an agent, or you can request a mailed paper copy of the survey by calling that same number, and that number again is 613-546-0000. Mueller says that Kingston reached its initial goal of 60% waste diversion in 2017 through voluntary diversion programs. Together, we can reach our target of 65% diversion and demonstrate our commitment to climate action. These are all really amazing ways to help reduce our carbon footprint and to help the climate um, crisis going on, not only in Kingston, but happening all across Canada. A new exhibition at the Tet Center in Kingston celebrates education in Nigeria and partnerships between organizations. The Munataro exhibit is a collaboration between nonprofit organizations, One Million Teachers, Five Coteries Art Education Initiative, and Girl Rising. The nonprofit organizations work to enhance education and training for teachers in Nigeria and 14 other African countries. 
Dr. Mariam Masha, who is the senior special assistant to the Nigerian president on humanitarian interventions, says, We focus on children from horrible backgrounds. They've witnessed their parents murdered. They're displaced, despondent. Many had never been to school. It's beyond teaching. It's how do we begin to end the cycle of poverty, violence, and illiteracy. Hakeem Saber founded One Million Teachers when he was a student at Queen's University. He says, It was very personal to me. Before I relocated to Canada, my wife was looking for a daycare for my daughter and she didn't find anything she liked. And the idea was, how about we start a daycare? Then why don't we start a preschool? Why don't we just continue? There was no plan at all. That exposed me to so many challenges when it came to education and just recognizing teachers were very significant in making a difference. The exhibit includes the My Story of Water project, where children explored the importance of water to sustaining life. Hand-painted jerry cans are on display along with photographs of children engaging in reading, crocheting, and more. Saber says the arts-based education develops critical thinking and communication skills. He says they're learning by doing project-based work without even knowing they're learning. That's the fun part. Through a partnership with Queen's University, One Million Teachers provides opportunities for students in the education program to go to Nigeria and lead training programs to attract new teachers. Masha says this work has not only turned children's lives around, but has transformed whole communities. Today, they are coding, reading, writing. They have hopes and dreams. It creates a multiplier effect as children bring this renewed sense of hope back to their families and communities. Munataro means coming together. The exhibit runs until June 29th at the Tet Center, so be sure to check it out um, before you get the chance, um, before, the, you get, before the exhibition closes. You can go to tetcenter.org events and learn more. I hope that everyone's been having a lovely Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, Kojiko Cable 282, and tuning in to Today in YGK with me, Alexandra Fernandez. Don't forget to check out SPAF going on this weekend, as well as Kingston Pride. There are so many amazing events and performances and different things going on in a beautiful, beautiful YGK. So be sure to check it out this week, this weekend. So much is going on. And you know what? It's... It's beautiful. It's the start of summer. Great way to get outdoors, enjoy some of that sunshine, meet some new people, and just uh, enjoy all the amazingness that exists in the Kingston community. Thank you again so much. Don't go anywhere because we have more awesome programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.